You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most visionary humans on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, brand builders, and people just like you who have a story to share or a vision that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, visionaries. Welcome back to the podcast. This week I have on a really cool guest. Her name is Melanie Marisol, and she is a business astrologer. I've never had a business astrologer on the podcast before, but what sparked this was that I had a session with Melanie and she completely blew my mind. Like I learned so much about myself in that half an hour, more so than I had learned in a long time. And it really just tapped me into my intuition and how I could look at different ways of running my business and what I was doing that was maybe in misalignment with my birth chart or the design of who I am as a human being. And I absolutely love the services that she offers because Melanie really helps us to see that, you know, we all have this ability to run our business or make decision as a CEO or an executive in a way that feels really good, that feels in alignment with our constitution of who we are. But I think so often we as entrepreneurs, we look to the gurus and the experts and we download courses and we read books and we just try to follow these processes blindly and we don't get the results and we wonder why. What am I doing wrong? Why does this feel so hard? And I think it's important to consider other perspectives. And Melanie's work is truly a high caliber. She works with a lot of, you know, multi-million dollar CEOs. And she really helps us to become more efficient in our business and marketing strategy rather than working in opposition. So this is a really fun episode. We talk about what Mercury retrograde is, how business astrology can help you. We kind of do a little beginner's dive if you're brand, brand new to this. So don't worry if you're like, oh my God, what is business astrology? Don't worry, we will fill you in. We talk about how to make decisions around the new moon and the full moon, uh, how to figure out your birth chart, what your midheaven might mean. Um, And there's just so many golden nuggets in here. And ultimately, we hear a little bit about Melanie's journey, too, of coming from three generations of mediumship. So her grandmother and her mom also had these abilities. um, And she also has followed in their path after first going a different course, trying a totally different career path in social work and just feeling like there was something else she was supposed to be doing. So I think you're going to love this episode with Melanie. And she has 
a very cool offer for you at the end of this show where she's going to give you 15 extra bonus minutes at the end of a single reading. So if you go to her website, you can book a reading, let her know the Visionary Life podcast sent you, and she'll give you 15 extra minutes. And that time will be super valuable. So don't miss out on this opportunity. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's show with Melanie Medisol. Melanie, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here because you and I were connected through a group that we were both part of, learning about human design and gene keys. And I had expressed in that group that I actually didn't know my birth time and nobody could figure it out. And because um, my main parent has passed away, there is no recollection. So you and I had a session And quite honestly, you blew my mind. Your level of professionalism, your level of enthusiasm, your knowledge, your expertise. I just thought I need to know everything about business astrology, how it can help me and my business, how it can help my clients and my community. And I am just so excited to be sharing your story and also learning about how we as entrepreneurs can benefit from business astrology, which is what you offer. So welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So I'd love to know first some quick rapid fire questions. Where did you grow up and where do you live now? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I am from Baltimore, Maryland in the States, uh, a very post-industrial town. I lived in Los Angeles for three years, moved out in 2020. That was an interesting experience. And I am back in Baltimore living with my partner um, because I love him. So I'm here again. I love that. What initially sparked the move to Los Angeles and what did you think of your time there? Yeah, it was 2020. Everybody was going crazy. I think in 2020, there was like fires going on in California. So I was like, I've always wanted to live somewhere else. I was turning 31 at the time. I was like, all right, it's either now or never. I'm over this place. Um, And like because of the fires and the general chaos, I'll say I'll get a really good place for really good rent. And it was true. So <laughs> I had a really great time out there. Uh, and I also wanted to improve the relationship with my dad, which I did as well. Uh, and I also wanted to normalize celebrity and affluence, which mm-hmm. I did. Uh, and LA is cool. And uh, a lot of it is illusion. And at the end of the day, I learned celebrities are just people and they're just trying to do their job. And actually, some of them are pretty cool. <laughs> That is so fascinating. I would love to just like dive deep on more of your experience there, but we'll save that for another episode. And yeah, you're right. LA, it seems almost like a facade sometimes. And I'm like, I can't get to like the true story. What's actually going on here. And I'm sure that is a little easier to pick up on when you actually live there and kind Mm -hmm. of put down some roots there. So that's really, really cool. Um, do you remember what your first job was and does it have anything to do with what you're up to today as a business astrologer? Are you referring to life after college, uh, or like first job ever, ever? Well, either, I guess whatever comes to mind, if it's like your first, first job or first Mm -hmm. real job, quote unquote. (laughs) Uh, my first job of semi-adulthood was when I was in college, I did academic advising for the younger students. Um, I've always had a counseling background. I have a degree in psychology And when I got out of college, I was like, you know what? At the time, it was very in vogue to get a master's degree for no reason. So I was like, well, uh, in the U.S., it was a thing. So I'm like, well, that's a horrible idea. It doesn't really make economic sense. And I haven't had any work in the field of social work. So I'll go do that and I'll see if I want to get a master's in it. So I was out here on the streets of Baltimore doing outreach for homeless people. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was actually a really scary job. I'll be honest. It's probably the dirtiest job I've ever had. 
Uh, and it's really dangerous because you're working with people that you don't know what their mental health state is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I found social work to be not the best use of my skills. Mm -hmm. And because I was in such a depressing atmosphere, my clients were very depressed. The work is depressing. I had to develop spirituality at the time. So I needed to develop these tools, which I'm sure you teach in your masterminds. So uh, in order to thrive, I adopted these tools. And uh, I did the whole thing where you're supposed to go to school, get straight A's. I did the college prep thing. My parents sent me to a very fancy college prep school. I did college. I was in the honors college. I am an honors scholar, if that means anything to people. Um, and I did the thing where she get a job and then hopefully the job will pay for a master's degree or something. And it just was not working out. So uh, because I was in a state of not joy at the day job, I was like, okay, I got to go back to my roots here. What was I doing as a kid? What did I really want to be? Uh, and then I realized what you're kind of doing at four to six years old is kind of what you should be doing the rest mm -hmm. of your life. Um, so I know people think that sounds cheesy sometimes, but that is the truth. So um, I've always have been into the esoteric. I've always been to a, into occult knowledge. I've always been interested in mythology and astrology. And actually, uh, for all my Christians that might be listening to this podcast, I grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church, and that is where I learned about Greek mythology. Because if anybody knows Greeks, they love to talk about themselves and their history. So <laughs> does it make sense to learn about Greek mythology at Christian school? Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so that was like a very long-term uh, thing I had been studying with mythology and whatnot. Uh, and so by 2016, I had left the secure day job of social work. I did not even get paid bachelor pay. It was not worth my time. Uh, and I just kind of had this as a side hustle for a few years. And then I explored other jobs because I also had to work multiple jobs when I did social work. Uh, so then I managed boutiques for a long time. I worked with a higher end clientele, which is very different than working with the homeless. Um, and actually kind of just wove, weaved together uh, my experience with working with beautiful textiles and beautiful things and high quality items. And I mixed it in actually with um, storytelling and the mythology portion. And then I was like, you know, I like tarot, but I don't feel comfortable just doing being a tarot reader. And astrology kind of was that missing piece. I put it all together. So all of this quote unquote useless knowledge, as I was told when I was younger, uh, is actually serving me now. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, astrology is the study of archetypes, not personality types. And with astrology, the 12 zodiac signs are representing 12 archetypes that are within every single human being at varying levels. And that unique mix of levels of archetypes is what makes up your personality or how you respond and how you react to the world. Mm, so fascinating. What I love about the story that you just shared is that it wasn't necessarily a linear journey. And I think sometimes <laughs> we look at entrepreneurs or we look at people who are in corporate jobs and we're like, oh, like they've always just known what they wanted to do. And it must've just been this very like linear path that they followed and got promoted and everything was easy. But then there's journeys like yours and my own journey where it's like, I kind of started in this path and then something didn't feel right. So I went and worked random jobs to make ends meet. Mm. And then you start reflecting back on like, okay, what has my life taught me thus far? Where do I spend a lot of my free time? What books do I read? What YouTube videos do I watch? 
what were the hobbies I had as a four to six year old? And you almost start to like peel back the layers and deprogram yourself. Cause it's like, well, I was told I had to go to university and mm-hmm. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do at 18. So I chose something weird, like human resources. <laughs> For me, that felt suffocating. And, you know, I, I couldn't quite figure out, like, is there more to life? Am I allowed to look back at my hobbies as a kid or as a teenager and, and pivot? So did you ever have any hesitation in making these changes? Did you ever feel that pressure to just like, stay in the job, get the masters and like do what your parents said? Or were you always a free spirit spirit and just thought, I'm just going to rebel and go my own way? (laughs) Well, the joke is uh, I am a Libra son, which means my birthday is in October. So I'm Libra. And I joke with my friends, I'm the worst Libra. I can be very argumentative. I can be very assertive uh, to the point where it's like, I'm not here to be people pleasing. I never have been that way. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's other reasons for that, but we're not going to break it down in this episode. Uh, but the point is, um, I, I've always kind of been pretty independently minded. Uh, my dad is Mexican. So, you know, my other family members would be like, oh, your oldest daughter is very strong willed. And uh, my dad has just been very lax. And he's like, um, oh, I'm not going to control her. I can't control her anyway. <laughs> I was very mouthy as a kid. Um, and it's mostly because by the time I got out of college, Um, My mother had passed away when I was 19. It was very unexpected. I had a falling out with my dad. I didn't have any family actually in the middle of college, like just supporting me. Like I had like no one. I had to rely on my friends. Did you know that 70% of all online experiences begin with a search engine? That's right. Every day, millions of people log on to search engines like Google to find solutions, answers, and content that meet their search intent. Whether they're searching for a pair of women's jean overalls or a nutritionist that can help them with weight loss, search engines have become an integral part of our daily lives and your business should be showing up on page one. But with so many businesses competing for visibility online, it can be tough to stand out from the crowd. That's why I created Everyday SEO, a simple self-study course on SEO because I know just listening to this can feel overwhelming. You're like, SEO, what does that even mean? How do I enhance my website so that it shows up on Google? I have a very simple four-part framework that's gonna help you to do that. And the reason why I created this course is because I know that so many of you want to stop posting on social media every day. The daily marketing feels overwhelming and you would just love to show up anytime somebody searches for your product or service. For example, when people search for a marketing coach or a Toronto business coach or a digital marketing expert, my website pops up and that's all thanks to SEO. This means that I don't need to be on the social media content creation hamster wheel, which stresses me out and makes me feel like I always have to be on and creating new content. SEO has so much longevity and I cannot wait to share this process with you. So if you're tired of not showing up on Google or being buried on page 933, then it's time to enroll in Everyday SEO. Just head to kelseyridle.com slash SEO. That's kelseyridle.com slash SEO. And you can get started right away. Um, my My extended family was not there for me. So my attitude was like, okay, I'm the one taking out these student loans. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Like literally no one's helping me. 
So if anybody else's opinion at this point. Um, and then when it came to master's degrees, and I, I don't know if other your listeners experience this, um, it doesn't make economic sense in the US necessarily to get a master's degree when you've already maybe spent 20 to 60 grand in your undergrad school. And then why would I take out another 80 to 100 to get a master's? Like, I can, I'm not even into math, guys. So if I can figure out the economics, it doesn't make sense. Why would I take out 100 grand to get a master's in social work, but I only get 10 grand more a year? So then maybe I make 35,000 a year. Like that doesn't literally makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've always kind of just been like, uh, all right, I don't know what everyone else in the world around me is doing, uh, but I'm going to focus on me because mm-hmm. I don't I don't like the life they are living. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of my been my guiding force. Like, is this person trying to give me advice actually living the life that I want? Mm-hmm. Most of the time they're not. God bless them. Uh, I got to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably a lot of the work you do today in working with business owners and CEOs and entrepreneurs when they just feel like something's not working here, or I need a little bit of guidance or seeking outside wisdom or inner wisdom, but I don't Mm -hmm. know who to turn to. So let's kind of first start with how did you get into business astrology? I believe your mom or your grandma might have also been in Mm -hmm. this line of work. Could you give us a little bit of context on how you found yourself as um, somebody who practices astrology? Yeah. So interestingly, I learned a lot more about my mother after she passed. I was like uncovering the pieces here. Also found out she was into Wicca back in the Mm -hmm. 70s. So it's an interesting time. 70s was an interesting time for uh, spirituality. Uh, And my mom was always discouraging me actually from doing anything intuitive, uh, astrology or tarot. She assumed it was not safe. So there is a mediumship ability on that side of the family for me, uh, seeing spirits, being very intuitive, um, naturally just knowing things and no one else knows. So uh, that lineage has the gift, but they've been very afraid of it. Um, I'm very much like, well, the 3D world's kind of lame. <laughs> it's not really interesting. So we could probably spice it up a bit. Uh, so I think it's always helpful if someone is considering working with an astrologer or any kind of person that's relying on intuition. Uh, so some people have gone to professional psychics or professional tarot readers. They are great. I actually have friends like that. Uh, but those particular practitioners are relying on their intuition alone. So maybe they're not in the greatest mood, right? Maybe they're having a rough day. I think it's a little. it can be a little challenging and draining to work with that kind of person. Uh, when you're working with an astrologer like me, astrology has been around for a few thousand years. So the structure is the same. So despite if I'm having a rough day, for example, I can still interpret a rather a more objective way you know, than just relying on kind of the images I'm getting through my third eye, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, to me, astrology is just like more cut and dry, more like these are the facts. Uh, your birth chart is your roadmap. It is who you are. It's your soul's blueprint. So even if you don't like what you hear, which again, I'm not out here trying to make people feel bad, but sometimes it illuminates the things that we don't like to see. Um, it's you, you can still interpret it as this, this is a neutral thing. Mm-hmm. Take what you know. Uh, take what you want. Um, consume what resonates. Spit out the bones. You know, you can always come back to it later. Absolutely. I'm curious. What are some of the signs or telltale moments in an entrepreneur's life or a CEO's business or workday? What are those signs that would prompt them to? reach out to a business astrologer? What are they going through? What are they feeling on a daily basis that maybe they don't even know that your work exists? So I want to bring Mm. to light what they might be feeling that can be helped by the work that you do. 
Yes. So uh, most of my clients are CEOs and executives, very much focused in their zone of genius. They're doing this thing that they're really good at. Uh, so they might find someone like Elon Musk or uh, Bezos as a- inspirational, but not necessarily aspirational. They're not yeah. necessarily trying to be super, um, uh, what's the term? Uh, they're not trying to be super weird and futuristic per se. It's more of like, I just, I really found my gift. I really honed it. I'm really good at it, but yes. I'm just feeling a little blue. Uh, yeah. So some of my clients come to me and they're like, I can scale to a multi-million dollar business, but they already have their finances handled. Um, their family's thriving. They're very happy. They're content, but they like also know there's this, what is the spiritual meaning behind scaling to this bigger business? Like, what am I really doing yeah. this for? Money does not necessarily motivate them all the time anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finally got the red Corvette, you know, and they got everything they wanted. Yep. Um, but for business astrology, it's also kind of, it's it's a good tool to understand your own personal inner world and your personal psychology. Mm-hmm. And then the business astrology aspect is also, when is a good time to plan a product launch? When is a good time to acquire a business? Hmm, there's a lot going on this month. Maybe um, March of 2020 is a horrible time to um, acquire a hospitality business or a short-term Airbnb rental business. Like, oh, not a good time mm-hmm. uh, because there's a Venus retrograde going on. So Venus, the planet of love, beauty, art, and money, it looks like it's going backwards. Not a good time to sign contracts. Not a good time to acquire business. Um, it can also be a good tool to understand, well, let's see. I started this business when I was 24. I'm 30 now. I'm feeling a certain kind of way. Well, it's because you're in the middle of your Saturn return. So that means the planet of responsibility, Saturn, and overcoming obstacles is in the same exact spot it was when you were born. So if you're living a life that is in alignment with what you should be doing, it's going to be some challenging times, but you're going to be overcoming it. If you're totally unaware, it's just going to punch you in the face. It's just not a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it comes around again every 30 years. So by the time an entrepreneur is 60, maybe like, oh, I've made all these amazing businesses. I've had all of this success, but now I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit empty. Like, have I accomplished actually everything I set out to do? So it's a good, um, it's a good neutral structure to, um, it's a, it's an evaluation tool. Mm-hmm. As yeah. business owners, and I'm always chatting with my community of visionaries, Oftentimes the topic of the full moon and (laughs) Mercury retrograde come up in conversation. And I myself have, for the past few years, found that I'm a little bit confused even on why that affects energy and outcomes. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we almost throw those terms around. And sometimes I'm like, are we just like blaming what's going on? (laughs) I'm curious, can you give any insight into like, what is the meaning of the full moon and what's going on? And then same with Mercury retrograde. We hear this all the time, but could you give us some insight into what that actually might mean and how mm-hmm. it could impact your outcomes as a visionary or as an executive or CEO? Right. So when it comes to the moons in general, there's a new moon and a full moon happens uh, twice a month, right? Yeah. So you get a full moon once a month um, and a new moon uh, once a month. So basically the full moon is, uh, the moon, of course, is fully illuminated. Um, And if the moons affect the tides of the water, they're definitely going to affect humans because we are, what, 70% water. Uh, Can confirm when I did social work and I have uh, friends that are ER nurses, when there's a full moon, 
there's more activity going on in the ER. There's more insanity. That's my crazy. clients, <laughs> when I did social work, my clients always seem to have a meltdown. And every time I looked it up, always a full moon. So again, I don't think it's like an excuse to be like, oh, I'm insane. It's the full yeah. moon. Because uh, yeah. uh, the moon in Spanish is uh, Luna. Luna C is the thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, werewolves in, in mythology come out in the full moon. Yeah. So I think of it as the moon represents your innermost self in astrology. It's a fully illuminated. Maybe all your most, ins- your biggest insecurities and vulnerabilities, uh, there's a spotlight on them. So I think sometimes people can act a little out of their everyday character. Yeah. The new moon is looking like the sky is all black. The moon is not out, right? I guess you could say it almost looks black. You yeah. can't see. It's not illuminated. So it's a good time to set intentions, um, whereas the full moon is a good time to release. So if you're going to get have a crazy meltdown, do it during the full moon. <laughs> uh, there's a concept called swamping. Uh, scream and cry for about 30 minutes, yell it out, and then end it on a positive note. Have that container for the crazy, and then we move on. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to Mercury retrograde, we have Mercury, the planet of communication, broadcasting, messaging, storytelling, social media. Um, also, salesmanship. Um, so Mercury uh, is the ruler of Gemini. Gemini, you could associate with Hermes in um, mythology. He's a messenger of the gods splitting about. Mm-hmm. So you have a very active planet uh, just run around looking like it's going backwards in its rotation. Uh, but it only looks like that because we're on Earth. So it's so far ahead, it looks like it's going backwards. Yeah. So it's the astronomical interpretation of Mercury retrograde. But if you had this plan of communication and wittiness and quick thinking, looking like it's going backwards, it's slowing down. So it's like everything comes to a halt. Usually your technology craps out on you because Mercury is a metal planet. Um, sometimes you can't speak properly. So at the time of this recording, we are in a Mercury retrograde. It started on the 23rd of August, going through the 15th of September. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you could find like, oh, man, like maybe you're dropping the balls or you're like missing appointments or maybe your Zoom keeps knocking you off. That's happened to me. Um, So it's not so much like, oh, also with Mercury retrograde, it's not a good time to sign contracts Mm because you don't really have all the information you need. There could be miscommunications. Mm-hmm. So again, with all this activity I just explained, this is not an excuse to be like, oh, Mercury retrograde, I'll just hold off on my launch or something. Or, oh, I can't do anything. I'm paralyzed. It's Mercury retrograde. Yeah. No, we got to live, right? So the point of incarnating on this planet is to deal with the challenges that Saturn, the planet of responsibility, doles out to us. And then we overcome it by our own grit or resiliency or resourcefulness. And actually overcoming the challenges is part of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so interesting. So do you have a calendar that say charts out all the new moons, full moons, when Mercury is in retrograde, and you almost plan your business around those times? Do you recommend that people pay attention and kind of just be in tune to what's happening astrologically so that we know when to make these big decisions, how to structure our business, maybe when to be in like, you know, an on season where you're signing all the Mm -hmm. contracts, closing deals, and then when to be in a season of like, hey, I'm just going to let things flow right now, just suss out the environment. How do you run your business? (laughs) Yeah, yes. Uh, So I do I view the new and full moons as a good time for every entrepreneur just to set intentions and release set intentions, uh, reevaluate. So that's always good to do twice a month, just Mm. in general. So every two weeks. Uh, when it comes to planning out your year, there's a lot to go that goes into it. So, um, for example, we're about to move into Libra season at the time of this recording. 
uh, Libra represented as the artist and lover, uh, the people pleaser in the business zodiac, the people person, uh, flitting about, very social, very extroverted season. But say um, you have um, a Libra moon. So maybe you're a little bit more, um, you're not as outgoing during that season because you just need to have some time to yourself. You know, you're not flitting about as much. So um, I don't know, there's like nuances in every chart. Mm-hmm. I would say if anybody is interested in understanding the moons and when they are happening and you don't want to have to rely on a website to tell you, yeah, um, there is a brand I like. It's called uh, Magic of Eye and it is a beautiful planner um, and it's very thick and it explains all the astrological transits ever uh, cool. throughout a year. So it's always good to have uh, and it's intended for people that are beginning um, astrologers to professionals. Mm. Um when it comes to planning out the year, though, say you're you're getting ready for your 2024 planning, always good to understand um, when the Mercury retrogrades are happening throughout the year, just so you can be aware of them. And then you give yourself extra space if you decide that's a good time for um, a launch or something. Yeah. Um, it's also a good idea to check out, you know, what's happening with Venus and Jupiter. So Venus, the planet of love, beauty, art, and money, and Jupiter, the planet of good luck, abundance, and opportunity. What's going on with them? Are they retrograde or are they going direct? Like, mm-hmm. what are the general dates? Just always good to have kind of an overview. And they actually, I think of it as kind of like an overlay. And when you have like uh, quarters one through four laid out, like just mm-hmm. see what's going on. And then maybe you can plan around it um, and you can see what what, be, what might be a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also planetary days as well. So each day of the week is ruled by a different planet. So it's always good to kind of plan your work week around it you know mm-hmm. it's so fascinating I love listening to you talk about all of this because I think that so often when we start our business we just expect that okay I just need to put my head down work hard basically follow the blueprint or the template of like set this up and do your marketing and show up on social media but there's no consideration until we do our own deep dive into this realm of alternative ways to run your business or just considerations. And we start realizing like, oh, for example, I'm a woman and maybe I want to run my business according to my menstrual cycle or, oh, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on with the planets and there's a lot inside of my human design. And mm-hmm. almost on this journey of entrepreneurship, it's like the more you're ready to uncover about yourself and the world and the way we interact with other humans, the easier it is to start building a business that feels like it's in flow. Would you agree with that? Like, have you been on this self-exploration journey too as an entrepreneur? Yes. Um, self, self-exploration, self self-development leads to self-mastery. And once you have most of that handled, you can handle anything actually. Um, so yeah. I think a lot of the traditional business books written by men, you know, I think there's very good gems in there. Uh, but as a woman, it's very important to understand um, what kind of rising sign are you? So the rising or ascendant sign um, is representing the energy you're naturally giving off. It also um, reveals what you look like. So with you, I mean, we did your retrification. We discerned we discerned that you are Cancer rising. So very much ruled by the moon. You're a woman, very feminine. So maybe when you're at the height of your period, it's not the best time to be like running around doing everything or having a bunch of launches. Boom, boom, boom. So again, mm-hmm. good to know when that's all happening. Um, Maybe another woman might have an Aries rising. Aries is the divine masculine um, archetype of the Zodiac, very much action-taking, go-getting. Maybe that kind of woman just has a lot of masculine energy, which is fine. 
And she really thrives on just like running around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe at some point of the year, everybody has a winter, regardless of whatever their placements are. So everybody has a winter time. So maybe that Aries rising woman, uh, maybe summertime is a dead time for her because depending on whatever else is going on her chart, it's a time that she must relax and unplug. And maybe she's really thrives uh, powering through the fall and winter seasons, you know? So yeah, it gives us such permission to mm-hmm. run our business in ways that actually serve us rather than ways that burn us out, make us resentful, make us hate this whole world of entrepreneurship. And right. it's so interesting because, so I do a lot of marketing strategy with clients and a lot of clients will come to me and they're like, okay, Kelsey, just give me the strategy. Tell me exactly mm-hmm. what to do. And then they implement it all and they're not getting results or not the results that they hoped for. And I can just tell that there's so much they need to uncover in who they are. They've been avoiding their intuition. They make decisions and they look to me and say, well, you're the expert. You tell me what to do. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but there's something in there that like, I need you to tap in and like, know who you are because your personal development is directly going to correlate with the growth of your business. But it's really hard sometimes to explain that to someone that this is not just a journey of professional development, like Mm -hmm. on the track of like, just learn social media, learn Google marketing, learn how to run ads and you'll be fine. I'm like, I think there's this whole other world you need to explore. And it's, I don't know if you call it like balancing the masculine and feminine or yin and yang, or, you know, I'm sure there's lots of anecdotes, but it's like, we can't just be in strategy all the time. That doesn't work for most people. And that's where I think Mm. working with professionals like yourself (laughs) is so valuable because you peel back the layers and you go, Oh, like I've known this all along, or now this all makes sense. And I have permission to run my business in a way that actually serves who I am and my biology as an individual. So it's really, really fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. And astrology can be used for that. I have a PR strategy for busy CEOs um, experience and, you know, what is the best use of your time? What's the um, placements, right? So for example, I'm a Gemini rising. I give off the energy as a very extroverted person, very talkative, right? But it's only because I'm really talking about things that interest me and I have a lot of interest. Gemini is very multifaceted, Uh, where someone else might be a Sagittarius rising. So Gemini and Sagittarius always across from each other. Gemini, the merchant and the messenger, uh, versus Sagittarius, the traveling philosopher, very much focused on this one topic. Like he's, he's doing this one thing that he's really diving into. The scholar, actually, you could say. Um, so for someone like me, batch content creation is not a good time. Like I don't, I don't, I hate it. I hate doing it. I don't. I feel gross. For someone else, that might have very strong Sagittarius placements, for example, maybe batch content creation is the best. They lock themselves in the room, they record yeah. a bunch of videos, they're getting it done, and they really thrive off of that. And they get it done all at once, and they go about their lives. Selling someone like that, right when you're inspired, get up in the morning and do your morning pages, like that yeah. kind of person is going to be like, oh, that's horrible. So it's always good to see, like, what is your natural energy? Like, what is your makeup? And like, what is aligned for you? Versus kind of trying on all these strategies and you don't know which one's the best. And your friend so-and-so did really good doing Facebook ads, but they're not working out for you. Yes. What is your personal path? You know? Mm -hmm. I love that. So you have a package that's actually called PR strategy for entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and it incorporates business astrology and like birth chart stuff and Mm -hmm. shows you what type of marketing and exposure you should lean into that Mm -hmm. aligns with who you are. Is that correct? Exactly. 
So, you know, I've worked with some CEOs and they're very shy, right? But maybe they have um, a Leo moon. So they actually do really well on stage if they know what they're talking about. So yeah. great. In-person speaking is going to be great for you. Podcasting, not so much because you're, it's only the voice, you know? Other mm-hmm. people, they don't like talking. It stresses them out, but they write really well. So it's like, okay, well, let's get you connected to Forbes or maybe you could be a contributor or something. Yes. Uh, what's, what's the best use of your time? Because I don't want entrepreneurs or CEOs coming to me like, doing one more thing that doesn't yield results, you know? So like, what is the best use of your time? Absolutely. So for somebody who's totally new to this topic, they've never worked with a business astrologer before, but they're kind of listening to this going, okay, like I want to learn more about who I am and what my makeup is. What would Mm. you say is like the first step for them? Is there something they should look at? Should they go straight to hiring you? I'm curious for the person who's already feeling that spark, like this is for me. What's their next course of action if they have no idea where to begin? Yes. So for that kind of person, um, if they don't know the birth time, I'll do a shout out as well. Uh, Sometimes you just don't really know your birth time. The state you're born in doesn't record it. uh, Or maybe you're from a country where they just don't record birth times. Um, Just come out to me, uh, message me, and we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll just do that for free because that's... That takes some time. Yeah. Um, for those that do know the birth time, they know where they were born. They got the birth certificate. They're not afraid to look at it. I've had some clients that are afraid to look at the birth certificate for some reason. I don't know why. So weird. <laughs> I yeah. guess like it's very revealing, right? Like yes. that's your first day on earth. I don't know. Maybe there's yeah a little yeah. bit of trauma there. <laughs> yeah. If, if the person wants to work with me is the person's like, I got to get things done. I'm going to see myself and it's going to be empowering. And even if it isn't comfortable, we're going to work through it. Like I have yeah. the counseling skills to help you out. Um, so if someone is interested in working with me, uh, I do have a divine assignment, uh, reading that's 90 minutes long. Um, so that is intended to figure out like, what are you really here for? What's the purpose and what are practical strategies to get it done? So within that reading, it's like, you know, uh, what's your sun sign, the, the, the core archetype that you're here to embody, what's your moon, your innermost self, how can we create some emotional safety for you? Uh, what's your rising sign? How do people, um, perceive you one-on-one and what entrepreneurs need to know, especially if they're doing online promotion of any sort, what is their midheaven? So it's the middle of the heavens on the chart. Um, and it's considered, uh, it's associated with the 10th house, which is the area of life associated with your career and your legacy and your life's work. And it is how the public perceives you and your online persona. So if you're out here trying to brand yourself, I guess you could say, uh, from your sun sign or your rising, you're not necessarily connecting with the people that you're meant to serve. With the midheaven, what you come across as when people just first come across from you is different than when they finally get to know you. You know what I mean? So you don't want to be burying your soul out here on the rising side uh, with people that just came across your LinkedIn, for example. Uh, so what would be different. an example of, so if you were to like look at someone's midheaven, you're saying that's mm-hmm. how the public perceives you. Can you share yeah. an example of like what that would say and how I would utilize that information? Yeah. Uh, understand the midheaven also helps you do a client audit when it comes to the business astrology. Sometimes okay. we work with the people that we think we should, or we've always kind of worked with them, but maybe it's like too much of a battle. So actually knowing the midheaven as well and the sign that it is in reveals sleeper markets actually that you might have not considered before. So Wow. So yeah. it could help us discover untapped opportunities in our businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, 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 so interesting. So for me, for example, um, I am a Gemini rising. 
I come off as very extroverted. And people think I'm like, oh man, this girl likes to party. I don't know why people think that. It's not who I am at all. <laughs> just because I can be very talkative. I'm Greek. So I don't know. Maybe it just rubs off. But um, when it comes to the midheaven, I'm a Pisces midheaven. Pisces is the Jesus Christ figure, I guess you could say, of the Zodiac. Uh, very much focused on all the other signs. It's the tr- it's associated with the 12th house, uh, the 12th sign, the most mature consuming everything trying to have this like all-encompassing compassion and forgiveness very artistic and very between the physical realm and the spiritual realm so no matter what job i've had no matter what my linkedin headline says no matter what business cards i've had say is my job people are like what do you do though so mysterious like but are you okay you're an astrologer but like what else do you do so it's not so much that um, people are misunderstanding me or I'm not communicating what I'm doing. It's more of like, okay, I am a business astrologer, but what else can we kind of weave into the experience of working together? Uh, is there some area of life that you've been kind of avoiding? Can we yeah. like work through that? Um, maybe we could add some artistic expression here since Pisces is artistic. Um, Pisces also rules music and the creative arts. So mm. if you're working with me, how can we show up in a way that um, is fun and creative for you? How can we actually... Mm. Pisces also rules spirituality. So I help people with their spiritual development as well. So how can you make showing up online a spiritual practice versus something you just got to get done? Mm, I love that. Oh my God. So much to explore here. So Mm -hmm. before we wrap up, I am curious, we have a lot of people who are building holistic businesses that listen to the podcast. There are a lot of nutritionists, naturopathic doctors, birth doulas, people who are starting as coaches in the space. I am curious, based on your own journey thus far of building a business in this industry, what is some advice that you could share forward to somebody who's in the early Mm -hmm. stages? They still don't have a lot of clients and they're probably wavering with like, can I actually do this? Is this possible for me? Or am I going to have to go back to my corporate job? Based on your own experience, what would you share with them? Hmm. I'd say for those more holistic practitioners, um, maybe the question to ask yourself is, are you ready to lead a movement? Wow. So that's that's a big thing. You've got to commit to a movement. It's not so much like being obnoxious and like being out there and making oh. yourself vulnerable when you're not really ready to. Like, oh, we don't do that. But it's more of like you're already you're already bucking the status quo by being an entrepreneur and you're already doing it if you're um, trying to be holistic when it comes to medical care, which can be yep. very triggering for people in the Western oh, yeah. world. Yep. <laughs> so do you have um, do you have practices generally that helps you build the uh, inner strength and the resilience to deal with people that might be triggered and harass you like that does happen. Uh, but it's not so much like, do you, can you run around with like your fist up? It's more of, do you have the tools in place to develop that emotional safety first within yourself first? Uh, and then are you ready to step in and leading to lead a movement? That's a, that's a really big overarching question I'd ask myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then are you comfortable being the face of your business because you're building a personal brand, whether you like it or not? So with that, how can you, again, cultivate that emotional safety? Do you know yourself as well? Especially if you're like a birth doula, that's hardcore. <laughs> like, yep. You're helping someone else birth a baby. Like that's that's a really big deal. So um, I would imagine you're they're comfortable with uh, the physical experience, right? Um, but um, are they... Are they willing to be vulnerable with somebody when they are vulnerable? You know what I mean? Uh, I guess it comes back to my social work training uh, and being a counselor um, yep. and having like been therapy adjacent. You know, it's like, um, do you have the wherewithal within yourself? 
mm-hmm. to step into that. If you were to utilize astrology, um, I would say, do you at least know, are you at least familiar with your sun sign, your outermost self, your moon sign, your innermost self, and your rising sign, the energy that you naturally emit? And as long as actually, I think if you know those three things, um, you can really build from there. So at least you know yourself, you got that self-mastery down. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is almost just like an essential thing for early stage business owners, entrepreneurs, executives to learn about. And I would highly suggest they go check out your work. And if they've never worked with someone like you, um, reach out and contact Melanie. She's absolutely amazing. I've done a session with her and it completely Mm. blew my mind. So Melanie, where are the best places for people to connect with you? I know you have a special offer for anyone listening to the podcast. So share with us how we can get in touch. Yeah. So anyone can connect with me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Melanie underscore Marisol. So that's M-A-R-I-S-O-L. You can also find me at MelanieMarisol.com. I have all of my offers listed there. Um, And I'm also available on LinkedIn. If you search me, I'll show up. Um, I'm one of the only Melanie Marisols in this world, (laughs) as far as I'm aware. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Uh, Additionally, anybody who's listening um, does, if you book a reading, from listening to this podcast, um, you do get 15 extra minutes with me. So uh, highly recommend. Uh, and that goes for any of my uh, one-off readings. So that includes my divine assignment uh, reading. Uh, I also have uh, aligned abundance reading as well, which is more focused on how can we stack some cash? Uh, what, what areas of life are good for you um, to channel abundance and other money? So if you book a reading through um, listening to this podcast, you get 15 extra minutes. Amazing. We will link all of your locations in the show notes and share that uh, again with all of our listeners. And we really, really appreciate you sharing with us your story, not only of how you started your business, but really just the power of tapping into business astrology to get to that next level in all of our Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial journeys. So thank you so much, Melanie, and we wish you all of the best. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show on either iTunes or Spotify. It just takes a second. And if you don't want to rate the show, you could also just take a screenshot of the episode and share it on your social media platform of choice, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode.